Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast, the Tottenham Hotspur theme show that's brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. To those of you who have decided to tune in this week, we salute you because we would rather be doing just about anything else than talking about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club right now and I'm sure we are not alone. Elio, I imagine you would much rather be talking about just about anything or doing just about anything, than having to relive the stress, the pain, the heartbreak that is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I, I just, I'm, so, I'm fed up. I'm just so <laughs> fed up. This time a week yeah. ago, we were so positive and everything was looking rosy and our season was back on track. And now it just feels like Spurs have done what they are masters of and snatch defeat from the jaws of victory this is Indeed. what Spurs do we turn a corner but then we turn back and mm. then back again and then back again a little bit more until we're even further behind than we were in the first place dickheads they give you hope and then they snatch it away yeah but you know I'm the idiot because over 20 <laughs> years later I'm still falling for their f- shenanigans i'm still yeah. i'm still daring to believe only to have my bloody heart broken every fucking time yeah couple of good wins couple of good performances we think this time will be different this time spurs aren't going to do a spurs dave who i should add for our listeners has had i suspect a fair few glasses of wine at this point judging by his general demeanor and the fact that he's swilling one around in the air as we speak um i suspect you're probably about to tell us that it could be worse and that we're not the only team that seems to pepper shots at goal without any of them going in and we should gain some perspective but in spite of all that Spurs are rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not going to say things could be worse because I feel like I feel like even though we've only had a manager for three games, we've got more of a personality <laughs> and more of a character than you guys currently. Unless your character is to be, you know, a wet fish that bends over for anybody that's asking. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a character of sorts, isn't it? I suppose. Well, look, we have. Unfortunately, it pains me to say we have four games that we must talk about today because Spurs have, of course, lost their last two games. Two games that I think we all agree we should have at least put out a little bit better performance in. Our last two games were away at Sheffield United in the Cup, ending our FA Cup dream for yes another year. And of course, the game today, as we record, losing 1-0 to Wolves. Two 1-0 defeats. Uh, and we do have two upcoming games to talk about. The return leg at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Milan and another home game against Nottingham Forest, who I think, as we said, earlier radio if we don't win that one we really have to start questioning whether it's all worth it but more on that in a little bit we're going to come through one by one so let's take it all the way back to the fa cup and a tournament that i think a lot of us thought was our one real chance of actually getting a trophy given the teams that have fallen given that we had a fairly good draw and especially now that the next round was a relatively favorable one or at least you know could have been worse elio how are you feeling about the defeat of sheffield united in the fa cup it was amongst the most deflated I've felt after a defeat for as long a period of time as there has been in quite a few years. It's, yeah. I, I get very angry in the moment with all defeats and all bad performances and yeah. they sting during that yeah. match and for a few hours afterwards. This one still hurt up until this morning when I began to get in the mood yeah. for the Wolves game. It was such a good opportunity. Mm. It was... And there's just so many directions we can point our fingers for this one as well. The management yeah. team, the players, the... It's just... It's not good enough. 
and it's totally deflating agree. and it's embarrassing it's bloody mm. embarrassing we didn't go out to Manchester City or Manchester United yeah. or, or even Leicester or Villa or whatever we went out to a side in the league below one of the on form sides in the league below but it just shouldn't happen mm. Dave's saying they're not on form at the moment and I think no, today no. Did, they, did they lose you, today? You could have at least given us that yeah. Dave Was it to Blackburn out of interest? Was it to Blackburn that they lost? The only thing uh, that makes it Dave's forgetting that we're an audio only platform and he's nodding he's nodding sorry, and shaking yeah, his head sorry, I, so I, I, uh, I, I, for I, listeners I, we apologise obviously we weren't the only ones that lost I think there were a few shock results in that round which makes it a little bit easier to take in terms of it's less humiliating but then it makes it so much worse because you look at who's left and you think if we were among those eight you know sure there's still Man United there's still big teams in there but it felt like one that was there to really have a go at and I don't want to sound arrogant and say oh you know of course Spurs would have been favourites to win the FA Cup because we're way better than everyone else but it felt like our last real chance maybe even depending on what happens this summer maybe even Harry Kane's last chance to win a trophy with us I know we're still in the Champions League more on that in a bit but it just feels like a painful one Dave I think the most damning thing I could possibly say about it is that it didn't really feel like a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the other surprise that you mentioned, there was a, a couple of others. I think there was only really one. And that was Blackburn beating Leicester. But Leicester are losing to Southampton oh, as we went speak. went through, didn't they? Grimsby beat someone. Okay, Southampton. It's Southampton. Nah, it's not. Grimsby yeah. It's Southampton. Yeah. Southampton <laughs> two sides. Uh, now they're, now they're yeah, beating Leicester. Well. But Blackburn beating Leicester is, well, it was, I think it was fifth or sixth beating a relegation candidate for the Premier League. Now that feels about. That's okay. That, that that's that's the kind of giant killing that actually makes mm. sense because you've got a high flying championship team being a low floating, it's not no, low flying, low really, stumbling, um, low, low yep, sinking, yep. low. What is it? Falling with style? Is that what Buzz Lightyear yeah, says? Yeah, as Woody would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that makes sense. But Spurs are fourth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still wasn't overly mm. surprising. I turned it on and I was like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we were most certainly falling without style in that game. And and just for clarity, just for clarity, Paul Hickenbottom is not a genius. <laughs> He's not a great manager. He hasn't outthought anyone. Yeah. He's not a good manager. Yeah. You just got beat by a very average team who are going to go down next season if they come up. Well, you say it was predictable, and I think most Spurs fans would agree with you because we've been here and we've seen it before. And Elio, you said as soon as the goal went in, something to the effect of, we knew this was coming from five minutes in. We just knew. And um, yeah. I don't know if you suspected that it was going to be one of those games from when you saw the lineup because it wasn't exactly a complete reserve team, but it's been a talking point and a lot of people have subsequently criticised our selection. And obviously hindsight is a wonderful thing and we can say, okay, if we'd won it would have been fine but looking back on it given that it wasn't a complete reserve team but a lot of key players crucially including Kane were rested rotated whatever you want to say are you looking at this thinking that's evidence of us not taking the FA Cup as seriously as we should or do you look at it through the lens of these are still internationals very expensive players that should be able to get a win against a championship side or is Um it both it's, it is both because on the one hand, yeah, it was very disrespectful to rotate as much as we did against the second side in the league below and a side who would have been up for it because that's what happens in the FA Cup. The lower league mm. sides get up for it against the Premier League sides and they love their giant killings. I mean, in terms of the rotations that did happen, all right, Porro in for Emerson, maybe it stands to reason, but at the same time, Porro had barely played in the entire month since signing, yeah. whereas Emerson was been not good. on great form. Moving Davies back to centre-back to accommodate Perisic at left-back when Perisic has been on really poor form for a good while. 
poor decision putting Son in on the left and moving Richarlison in the middle when Richarlison himself is only just trying to find a bit of form off the left two of form players there poor decision Lucas Moura barely played in the best part of four months another poor decision why does Skip need to come out for Saar when Skip's not played much at all until recently but has just Mm. built up some really good form it's just I'm all for rotation and we needed to rotate and I was in agreement with resting Harry to tell you the truth but the level to which we rotated it was too much I know Richarlison has been playing but he's been playing on the left in effect we had a brand new front three yeah. brand new wing backs one of the two central midfielders brand new and one centre back brand new that's one two three four five six seven positions that were changed from well they were actually eight because Longley came out uh, of LCB to move Davies back in there so eight positions have been changed from a side that has just won two on the bounce against Chelsea and West Ham and has built up a really good head of steam. So Mm. it's too much. It's disrespectful. However, you then look at the players that did play and did come in and you're thinking... Davinson Sanchez, yeah. uh, Perisic, Hundreds of millions. Saar, Porro, Lucas, Son, Richarlison. Mm. E- yeah, even Saar has played at a World Cup. I mean, I'm going to exempt him because he's the kid in mm. all this, but the rest of them, yeah. you are highly paid, very expensive players who have played at World Cups, played in Champions League finals, scored goals at every level, and you should be fighting to make yourself first choice in your favourite position when you play this game. Mm. Instead, you're just showing up as if you don't care. And every Spurs fan that went up to that game should have their money refunded, as far as I'm concerned, because it was pathetic. It was pathetic from the coaches. It was pathetic from the team. And good luck to Sheffield United. They deserved it. We've seen this before as well. It's not like this was a surprise. We knew this could happen. We've seen this not just in recent times, not just last year, not just Middlesbrough, but Pochettino. We've seen this for so many managers where we just get to a point of the FA Cup where surely the board and the manager and everyone involved recognises how huge it would be for Spurs to win the FA Cup or even the League Cup at this stage. I mean, we would love, love oh, the, the League, for Cup. A League Cup. Just, and, and for some reason, it just doesn't seem to be a, a priority. And you have to start thinking of whether these decisions are directly or indirectly taken by the owners. because, And this is the criticism that's thrown at our board. And it stands to reason anyway, that it's just not worth as much money, is it, to win the FA Cup as it is to get into the top four. There are many, many sticks with which to beat our owners. The team selection at any given point when your manager is Antonio Conte is not one of them. This was. You think so? This was a decision made by people who don't understand the importance of winning a trophy to this club. These are people who Mm. see it. And that's the thing in Italy. They yeah. in in Portugal, in Spain, in mm. in France, their main cup competitions are all right. Maybe less so Spain. The Copa del Rey is still a big deal, but mm. in most European countries, their Premier Cup competition is seen as a nuisance. And the yeah. culture that's been brought over here in that respect is unfathomable to me. I mean, I've seen Wigan win the FA Cup in my lifetime, but all right, Spurs have won the FA Cup in my lifetime, but not in my yeah. uh, in my memory. memory exactly. Yeah. Not my conscious memory. I've seen yeah. Wigan win it. I've seen Portsmouth win it. Mm. These are bankrupt sides two leagues below us. <laughs> yeah, with all of our rejects in their teams. Yeah, I, I think to be fair, if you look at Conte, for example, the last few clubs he's managed at are clubs for whom a cup wouldn't be that big a deal. The league, Champions League, you know, including if you look at Chelsea but that or just ties Juventus. into this 
continual theme of Conte not giving a shit about Spurs or what Spurs mm. fans want or what Spurs needs as yeah. a club and thinking, thinking he's, he's doing, doing us a favour. Favor. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he has some thoughts. Yourself, I think uh, we're in the middle of a gamble. You guys, I'm not. I don't care. You guys are in the middle of a gamble. And the gamble is, if you beat Milan and you go through, is it okay that you lost to Sheffield United in the FA Cup? No. I mean, obviously... Yeah. You should have beat Sheffield United. You can't United. correlate to, can you? And, and, and I'm not going to fast forward to the next game because we'll talk about that in yeah. a minute. But ultimately, unless Antonio Conte is not a savvy person who I think knows how to have a conversation with his boss, yeah. he will say, so we lost Sheffield United in the FA Cup, but they're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, so... What was the problem? It was softened the blow, but I think it was more a case of would you have swapped? Okay, we lost both. We lost well, both, is, but the idea was, was take a chance in the FA Cup so that we can guarantee winning against Wolves. And even if we had one against Wolves, I think well, if exactly. you ask most Spurs fans, would you rather the other right, way around? Spoiler alert, tags. Sorry, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But I imagine most Spurs fans would have rather we beat Sheffield United and lost to Wolves than the other way around. Elio, do you agree? I think that would be a close one. Do you think that? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, a, it's a silly hypothetical because we lost both. But, you know, in terms of priorities... I always can't answer it um, yeah. because it is important to get into the top four. It is also important to win a trophy. What I'd say is, yeah. f- to Dave's point about it, Conte's going to say, well, I'm in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Why bother with the FA Cup? Mm. Okay, get quarterfinals, probably get knocked out. If you have... <laughs> I mean, there's more money to be made just by leaving the group stage of the champ, just by playing in the group stage of the Champions yeah. League, than by winning the FA Cup. So, yeah. so what? Most of the money the club makes is from TV revenue, from sponsorship deals. It wouldn't hurt to win a trophy that doesn't make that much money, but actually gives the yeah. fans a day of celebration and long term may even make the club a bit more money because all of a sudden, globally, mm. oh. Spurs have won something. Few more yeah. fans in Korea. Few more fans in America. Few more fans in South Africa. Mm. Now we're still the joke. We're Spurs yeah. with the joke. With a big fat fucking joke. That's what we are. It's not like we're going to have no money next. If we don't get into the Champions League, say we finish fifth or sixth, it's not like we're suddenly going to have no money or no pull whatsoever. Look at the team Arsenal managed to put together without Champions League football. Or the exactly. players Chelsea are hey, signing. Okay, lot, they're spending a lot, a lot of, money. of money. Guys, I've heard there's a lot of money in go karting so you guys are going to be fine. <laughs> I think Formula One might make its way into this a couple of times, actually. Well, look, it was a, it was a terrible result. I actually... I don't think we were awful. I don't think it was an embarrassing performance. I think it's just going out of the stage when you haven't given it everything is what hurts. I think you, you play Harry Kane in this game. As a top side in the Premier League, any performance that doesn't result in you winning by two or three goals against a side in the league below is an embarrassing performance. That's a good point to move on to the next game, which I'm sure it will in no way calm Elio down because it is the Wolves game from today. So we lost again. Again, another away defeat, another 1-0, another one where it was a bit gutless for a lot of it and then we ended up losing. I must admit, I didn't watch, I've watched the highlights. I tried to watch, but just I probably caught a total of about 10 minutes and, and it wasn't a good 10 minutes if there even was a good 10 minutes to be caught in that game. Uh, highlights don't paint the prettiest picture, but we started a little bit better than we finished, didn't we, Elio? First half, we were by far the best team. It wasn't even close. I don't really remember Wolves having the ball. I don't know what the halftime stats were, but I'd be amazed if we had less than 65% of the ball. I don't have them if you were hoping me to back you up there. <laughs> God, I'm not one that time well prepared. I asked for stats. Um, so, <laughs> one time. That one time. <laughs> one time you care about stats. I don't have we the are, XG we, either. 
We were camped in their half pretty much the entirety of the first half. I don't remember if they had a chance or not, but second half, they made the subtlest of change, and it was one that was bemusing in the moment. They brought on Traore, which obviously bring on Traore, because if they start playing us on the counter, he's a great player to do mm. that with, as we've learned so many times. But they also sacrificed Lamina, who had been yeah. stuck to Harry Kane like glue, for Moutinho, who, even at his age, always seems to cause us problems whenever we come up against him. And... At the time, I'm thinking, oh, good, they're getting Lamina off the pitch. Harry Kane's going to have a bit more space now to do something with the ball. But Lopetegui showing what a good manager does, reacting Mm. to a situation and actually Mm -hmm. changing things on the pitch, outfoxed us because he brought on Moutinho. Moutinho being on the pitch meant that Wolves used the ball far better than they were first half. They had the ball in our half far more of the time and they actually created chances and were the team. Okay, until the goal and even the goal itself... Almost everything they did was off the back of long shots from Nevers. I mean, he was trying to score a hat-trick of Wonder Girls He today, wanted I a think. Thunder Bastard uh, today, didn't he, he? He really did want Thunder Bastard, and he came close on three occasions um, mm. and forced her to make a, a couple of good reaction staves. But the second they did that, there was a humanist cross right across the face of goal that Semedo narrowly missed as well. The moment they did that... They were the better sides, and we didn't react to their change in the slightest. What did we do? We brought on Lucas for Kulusevski when Kulusevski was probably the most dangerous looking of our forwards. We brought on Emerson for Poro, which, all right, I know Poro's not hit the ground running, but when you're trying to get the win in a game, do something yeah. braver than like for like, please. And then only mm. after we go behind with seven minutes left on the clock, do we bring on our record signing £60 million starter for Brazil striker. Yeah. So it's cowardly football. I mean, we didn't need to play this game with three centre-backs. And the second mm. Wolves started asserting them on, on us, we definitely should have done something to strengthen up our midfield instead of just letting them sort of push forward and push forward. So... Yeah. The management screwed the pooch on this one, I'm afraid. And it's not the first time either. This has happened a lot of times. It's a recurring theme, this whole late substitutions and unimaginative substitutions. Wolves had actually made all five of their subs before we'd made one today, which is just a little bit mad. I mean, they actually ended up suffering from it a little bit because they got an injury and it was a bit risky. But at least they actually were proactive. Yeah, yeah, at least they went for it. They they saw an error. They saw something wrong with how they were playing and they addressed it. And too often now we're saying the same thing where Conte or whoever is in charge we're not making subs until the last minute. And Dave, I want to hear what you think of this. Do you find it a bit bizarre that Spurs leave us so late? And do you think that it is as a result of us playing such a meticulous system that relies on all of these automations and players knowing exactly what to do? Do you think that there's a risk that if you bring players on or bring players off too early, everything falls apart? Because surely you can't rely on that. I mean, maybe, but I always think it's a bit strange when a substitution is made of a like-for-like player in the hope that that player is going to play better than the player Mm. that has just come off. I always find that strange. It always makes a lot more sense to me when a substitution is made for a tactical reason to change the way the game is going. It doesn't make sense if you've got a striker who's not scoring and not getting opportunities to replace them with the same kind of player because ultimately you're saying, unless there is a a 4D chess reason for this, you're essentially saying... You're having a shit game. 
this guy's going to be better. But that might not be the case. Mm. It might be the case. That's too simple. Defense Anyone can do that. Knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And therefore, that striker has been limited with the chances. Mm. And now you're just putting the same square mm. peg in the same square hole. Yeah. And you're not going to get anything different. Yeah. Uh, it always blows my mind when people do that. And I, and I feel like with Spurs, it's kind of, it's that. But it's also too late. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, you're, you're doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Mm. It's a double negative terrible terrible situation that you yeah, find yourself in and, and, don't, and don't get me wrong it's like that was one of the biggest things that we had against Jesse Marsh when he was at Leeds he was like oh you guys are doing terrible so I'll just replace you with the same players and fingers crossed yeah. they'll have a better game than you guys it's not it's not how yeah. it works you need to change things up you need to check it up and actually Javi Gracia has actually shown that because he's he's you know he's taken players that we were thinking oh you can never take him mm-hmm. off but you take him off and you put someone else on who's not the same player and you change the shape in the same way that Bielsa used to do mm-hmm. and it Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, but ultimately it changes the game. Yeah. And the opposition have to rethink mm. what they're doing rather than just go, oh, they've just replaced the like for like, so we just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll no reaction okay, needed. And we've won the game. Oh, I mean, that's how Wolves beat us, though. That is how Wolves beat us by actually changing the tactics. We were the better size. They exactly. changed the tactics by bringing on Matinho and bringing on Traore and taking off NATO. And so, and yeah. And it just put them on top of us for the rest of the game. Oh no, Moutinho came on later for Nunes, I believe. But even so, everything changed. Yeah. Um, they changed their shape. That's the thing. We we were they, never, they we'll never do that. Back. They pressed us back. We they never changed system, do we? It's so frustrating. And but that's just one frustration with the way the coach has decided to approach there. The, t- the substitutions were horrible. I'm wondering why after taking both Chelsea and West Ham to the cleaners in the previous couple of weeks, why mm. we decided to start with neither Davies nor yep. Emerson at left wing back and right wing back when they mm. performed so, so well in those positions against those two sides. Once again, it makes no sense. They had such good games. To accommodate what? To accommodate Perisic, basically, who's not had mm. one good kick of the ball in about three months. I think the problem with having Perisic and Poro from the start as well is that if you are forced to make these like-for-like subs you almost have to become a bit more defensive when you do them because as mm. great as Emerson and Davies are both in play, they are more defensive than those equivalents, aren't they, in a way? I mean, uh, maybe theory, not massively Davies so. De- Davies I mean, is proving otherwise. He's more effective going forward, it seems. But, you know, he's more of a fullback. Perisic is more of a forward. All I know is that those two have been doing the job and mm. we abandoned that in the last couple of games and it's cost us. Why? Yeah. Why? Richarlison as well. I, I feel sorry for him because to tell you the truth, all right, Sheffield United was horrible, but the previous couple of games, even though he didn't score, he played well in those games. He fought, he, he did so much of Kane's running for him. He, he pressed so well. He was so aggressive. He helped us win the ball and keep the ball high up the pitch. Son comes back in to just masturbate for 90 minutes and miss guilt edge chances. I mean, both chances Son had today should Imagine have that. been goals and Son of form. Would have scored those, but no, the guy's just yeah. a big fat wanker right now. I can't stand to see him in the lineup. Why does he get back in the team just because Richarlison hasn't scored in a couple of games? Son has had an atrocious six months. 
Why can't Richarlison mm. feel his way into the team? Give someone else the same time you're giving Son. Picking yep. aside on reputation here. That's what they're doing. They're picking on reputation. Mm. They're playing it safe. They're being cowardly. I'm done. I'm absolutely done with these cowardly defensive charlatans. I'm not going to ask you what you think of Son's underwear modelling photos, Elio. I suspect you're probably not a big fan of his latest campaign. We'll move on from that, shall we? <laughs> so, on Richarlison, though, you're not a little bit concerned that he just doesn't score for us because okay he got those goals in the Champions League and yeah he might need a run in the team but it has to get to a point where you think this guy is a striker and he's not scoring goals does that not concern you a little bit Son got three goals in his first season for us fair good point so that'll be a uh, Gareth no then. Bale went 24 games without a win in a Spurs shirt. Mm. All right, Richarlison won't ever be as good as either Human Son or Gareth Bale however if a player's doing the right things, which he has been in the last few games, if he's getting into good positions, wait till one just flies in off his ass. Wait till he just gets a little yeah. bit lucky. He just goes yeah. in and he gets a bit of confidence and things begin to happen for him. But if you take him down the moment he hasn't scored in the space of two games to put in the guy who hadn't scored in the previous 15, what message is that sending? That's sending a message of, oh, we gave you a little chance, but as we expected, you didn't do it. So we're just going to yeah. go with what we know. Yeah. F*** off. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, serious question here for both of you. How close are we to the end of Antonio Conte at Spurs? I, I if we lose you. against Milan, if we lose against Forest, he, he won't go before the end of the season, but he'll go at the end of the season. Surely there comes a point, though, if we lose another two games, if we lose those two games, which I think is possible, certainly Milan. Is he still your manager? <laughs> well, I mean, that's another another issue altogether. I mean, who knows what's happening behind the scenes? I mean, hopefully he's recovering well, but. Well, the BBC report says in what was assistant head coach Christian Cellini's final game in charge mm. before Conte's return. Yeah. So. That's exciting. You get to see him on the on the side we to uh, yeah. successfully get through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League and then beat Forest and then everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, and then we'll be sitting here saying we love Spurs like, again. And yeah, what? exactly. And what, guys? Um, and is what? Antonio Conte's nomination for Manager of the Month the most undeserved in the history of the Premier League? <laughs> He's not been there for one thing. It's got to be up there. It's, uh, it's be up there. a little bit of a funny one, isn't it? Well, look, we've got two games coming up that we do need to talk about. So we've touched on both of them already. The first one, of course, is Milan. We are taking a 1-0 deficit into the home leg of that round of 16 tie. We've kind of given Milan the Dr. Tottenham treatment, actually, because we're talking about how many games they've lost leading up to our game. Ever since beating us, they can't stop winning. Uh, and they have not conceded a goal since, including that game. So that's obviously lovely to hear. Uh, we are at home, though, and our last two home games have been fairly convincing victories. So who knows? Who knows? Elio, how are you feeling? Dare I ask? I'm not even sure I want to hear this. How are you feeling about the prospects of AC Milan coming to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium next week? You know what? Once we're out, the season's almost over. Because once we're out of this, then it'll be a matter of time before either Newcastle or Liverpool overtake us in the league as well. Mm. And then I know the season's over at that point and I can yeah. just start summer early and relax because we'll finish top six. And <laughs> you sound like you want us to that. lose, but you out of our misery. I, <laughs> I know you never, I never I, I never want I us to lose, but... Yeah. Sometimes there's sweet relief in a season ending early when it's this painful to, to Just watch. Just make it stop. I know Dave sat He's already dead. Exactly. <laughs> I know We're Dave sat there dead. thinking, what the oh, hell, Elio? I took you to watch Fulham Leeds to give you perspective the other day, and here you are. Yeah, you're probably the reason they lost. I think you took the Tottenham curse over to Craven Cottage. Just rubbed uh, it in you know Dave's what? That face. was my fate. 
I've watched three football matches live this week and by far the most enjoyable experience was Fulham Leeds because at least I got to go with a mate and have a beer afterwards. What was the XG in that one, Dave? About 300 to Leeds or something like that? Don't want to talk about it. No, no. Oh, this this time he doesn't want to talk about Leeds. Okay, I got got, got mentioned on a rival podcast, FYI. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I saw. He's getting tapped up, is he? We'll talk about that later, Dave. We'll talk about that one later. Is there much to say about the Milan game? Obviously, we've we've seen them up close and personal. We we talked about the game. There's a similar story to the last two in, in a sense. I think they've got more fit players than last time. They do, and they're they're implementing a new system. They've changed their formation a little bit, and it's obviously working. Is their new system winning? Because it wasn't. Their new system's winning, and I imagine it's probably making subs before we, the we 80th minute. Yeah, we well we could, but we won't. Well, let's see. Let's see what what happens in that one. Forest. I think, look, it's if we lose the Forest, something's gone horrifically wrong there. I looked at the table earlier, and they're obviously not doing awfully, but they're actually bottom, rock bottom, when it comes to their away form. Um, mm. I know as these words leave my mouth, I'm condemning us to, to <laughs> a defeat. Um, but they have six points from their, from their 12 away <laughs> games all season. They have six points, and they have scored three and conceded 29 away from home. So if we can't beat Forest... <laughs> Incoming Serge Aurea hat trick. <laughs> I'd yeah. almost, almost enjoy that. If we win 4-3 and Serge Aurea scores a hat trick, I will stand up and applaud him. I'm enjoying the three o'clock kickoffs though on Saturday. I'm not. Can't Even, watch them. I'm not enjoying the results. Actually, <laughs> I'm enjoying the fact that it is at three o'clock on Saturday. Probably for the best that we can't watch them. Exactly. Because we, we're not watching them, obviously. We're legally yeah. listening to them. And, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, and, and it is quite nice not having to wait until, you know, 6.30 on a Sunday mm. for your weekend to be ruined. Yeah, if yeah. Live in purgatory. You know what? At least I've got an entire Sunday ahead of me to do whatever the fuck I want with my life. You're gonna I, go I, farmers I could, market. You're gonna exactly. get, you're gonna get a do, you, do you just want to start talking? Should we just talk about something up at the Spurs earlier? Should we make the rest of this podcast? Like, like, I don't know. There's some UFC tonight, isn't there? John Jones is coming back. There is UFC. Maybe, I'll be maybe staying we up talk... all night to watch John Jones yeah. uh, make his heavyweight debut in the UFC. That's yeah. Maybe exciting. some maybe some F1. Maybe like how's your FIFA team doing, Elio? You're, you're actually putting together a Spurs team, I see. I am. It's doing yeah. better than the actual well, Spurs team. Put a Spurs team together. <laughs> <laughs> the game yeah, knows. <laughs> it'll, it'll just make the opposition score 80th minute goals. When you try and make subs with your Spurs team on the 60th minute, does the game just shut down? Does it not understand? <laughs> Error. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear. Um, some silver linings. We are somehow, miraculously, still in fourth. And I think somehow is because all the other teams are busy playing in the tournaments we've been knocked out of. So we're still in fourth and our home form is good. And the next two games There's are... There's a Liverpool spectre. It is looming. Spectre. It is looming indeed. Um, and at least Newcastle lost today. Man City did beat Newcastle. So, you know, they're that little bit further away from inevitably overtaking us I guess so oh, great yeah. we're still just about above a side that cost a fraction of what ours did with a manager who's earning a fraction of what ours is great <laughs> is he though surely he's great surely fun. he's getting paid handsomely <laughs> Nah, we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, oh, I'm slightly more. Yeah, I mean, silver linings is really stretching. I'm, I'm slightly more positive than you earlier. I think, as I probably generally am, but I even I am starting to lose faith a little bit. I think, as you say, it, it puts a lot more pressure on that Milan game because that is our that is now our cup final, as is every potential subsequent game. It feels like okay, we could still get into fourth, and we still may well. There's still what twelve games left or something like that. It's it's the ambivalence that's really upsetting me to tell you the truth such an oxymoron but i'm upset about being ambivalent <laughs> that 
somehow makes sense. But yeah, I am. I'm becoming ambivalent towards yeah. Spurs. You want and to feel something. Me. You want to feel exactly. something again. I mean, Robbie you, Williams. You... I just want to feel real love. <laughs> just want to feel <laughs> real rage. Um, okay. Other good news. This is really other, scraping, other good news. scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. A shout out to Emerson, who's been called up by the Brazil squad. So well done to him. And he's been nominated, rightly so, for Player of the Month. Can we have some points for that? Who else or? has been nominated? I, 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 I don't know. This. All I know is Emerson's been nominated. I and don't know. I I'm hope okay. he wins. I don't, I don't know if who will win. Right, but let me I see if I can wins. find out who's, got, who's nominated. A little shout out to Harry Kane. I think we forgot to mention this last week, but his goal last week means that he has now scored 20 plus goals in all competitions for nine straight seasons. Only one other man in Europe's top five leagues can say the same. Can you name that man any chance? Okay, Messi. No. Apparently not. Apparently that was the season where Messi didn't do it. It was Lewandowski, yeah. Oh, so, uh, so, Dave, do you want to say the words? Lewandowski, get the trophy cabinet out. Dust off the cabinet. Wore a, wore a trophy. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was a nice... nice well, you know one. what? Good for Harry Kane. Good for Harry Kane. I preferred he scored his unmarked header at the end of the game against Sheffield United to equalise. That, that would have been was, far better. How did he? I mean, if there's one thing we've been able to rely on this season, it's Harry Kane taking the tap-ins and he did not do that. And today as well, some really selfish shots as well. Like, what the f***? Mm. That was a bit of a theme, I thought, in the Sheffield United game. I think because it was Sheffield United, a lot of our players wanted to be heroes. I mean, Lucas Moura does that every game. He refuses to release the ball. We know that. But everyone was playing like Lucas Moura, just kind of trying to take on three players and shoot from ridiculous distances. But anyway, I don't want to drag us kicking and screaming back into that game because we've been there, we've done it, we've covered off. It's, it's history now. We can look forward to better times. We can look forward to getting out of the mess that we created in the Champions League, beating Forest in a nice, comfortable victory to make us believe again <laughs> before we then go and lose to who have we got the week ne- after the that? Next someone, someone average who will beat someone us 1-0. Really want you to be <laughs> yeah this is the worst thing Dave we're supposed to be cheering you up yet we're just handing points to all of your competitors aren't we I mean the bottom half of the league is actually getting a bit silly now like the six points between 12th and 20th at one point today you were 18th and Bournemouth were 17th and now you're 17th and Bournemouth are 20th yeah it's like the championship all over this again this league is compressed like I honestly think that well Wolves winning that game against you has, has given them a win and that is one of two wins in the bottom half of the league bottom and six Pal- could be Palace any three are tru- Palace, Palace yeah. are in trouble they are in free fall at the moment. They can't buy a win. They're the only team in the bottom half of the league that haven't won a game in the last five. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? In other news, we might be rich in the incoming future. We might have new owners. More rumours starting to stir about the potential sale of Tottenham Hotspur. Levy was spotted in Bahrain with Jam Najafi, the same guy who was linked to buying us a few weeks back. Potential talks going on there. It was... The one that's not a murderer. Yeah, this is the one that we think is relatively unmurderous, which is good. Uh, yeah, exactly. Allegedly, until more stuff comes out. We thought Paratici was squeaky clean. Actually, no, we didn't. Um, but it, it probably is worth mentioning that I think Levy was there for the F1. So it might have just been a kind of I'm passing through. So maybe we should meet up for a chat. But it, it looks like, you know, he's taking it seriously. So watch this space. Most reports saying that we're valuing the club way too high, or at least way more than they're willing to pay. So <laughs> it might shock her, right? It might be uh, a little while until... We have our own Todd Bowley-esque spending spree, but watch this space, let's see. Because that goes really well. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like that 2013 window all over again after we sold Bale, where we decided buying everyone and they were all rubbish. Except for Ericsson. Let's give him credit. And a few others that weren't too bad. You just did a massive disservice to own Nasa Chadley. <laughs> you know what? To make up for that, to make up for that, I think we should give him one round of his favourite chant. On three. One, two, three. Oh, oh Nasa Chadley. 
NASA, 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 There we go. The harmony. NASA, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. I know you'd love that. Um, tweet from Steve Worrell here. We have no divine right to win anything, but we do have the right to expect the club to take every competition seriously and be realistic with our ambitions. I think fans have every right to be angry and disappointed about another no-show, especially those who went. That was, of course, about the FA Cup game. Uh, and one from Alex THFC22 here. Last night was all about resting players to try and finish fourth. To get into a competition, we have zero chance of winning we all know why and it has nothing to do with glory so there we go sentiments being echoed along the same lines from a lot of people on twitter the anti-enoch bandwagon is gathering pace at the looks of things and uh, who knows maybe maybe they will be no more at spurs next season so let's see could be interesting elio where are you on the enoch and enoch out barometer these days are you are you teetering towards the let's just throw it all out the window and start again with someone new as long as they're not a dictator of some murderous regime <laughs> I mean, Enoch and Enoch outs. I always find the whole you know sack I mean. the board I, we thing know laughable anyway. Expressions. But yeah. Sack the board. I guess there's part of me in both camps because there's part of me that's just thinking they've overall done a good job, but it's clearly stagnating now and the message coming from their actions is one that as long as we make money, then they're going to be content regardless of silverware. And that's not a message yeah. you want to hear as a fan. On mm. the other side, there's the whole careful what you wish for thing. Yeah. There's plenty of billionaires that, I mean, even with the leagues that they've won under them, the Man United fans hate the Glazers. It, it's mm. amazing because they've essentially just taken money out of the club constantly. And the biggest appeal of Spurs to a potential owner is probably the amount of money that owner could make out of Spurs because of the stadium, because of the NFL, the gigs. We just had to apply for the special F1. permission to add on another Beyonce gig. I mean, yeah. wore a trophy. On, um, on the same day as the FA Cup final, wasn't it? I heard. Yeah, Which people yeah, weren't yeah, happy about because so. now they can't screen it in the stadium because Beyonce <laughs> takes precedence. Oh, great. We don't get to watch the Manchester Derby in the stadium. So, yeah, I'm kind of careful what you wish for, but at the same time, we've gone as far in my opinion, as we probably will with these owners. That said, we've got a lot of expensive players in the team, in the squads. We've got a manager being paid an absolute twat load who's meant to be one of the best around. It's not the board's job to scout players. It's not the board's job to pick the team. It's not the boards who are kicking the ball on the pitch. So if they've provided yeah. an expensively assembled group of players, let's mm. not say a great good of players, but... Like I said, they're not the ones doing the scouting. Daniel Levy is buying players that he's being advised to buy by either the manager or his sporting director, Paratici, yeah. or whoever the head scout at the time. He's just signing the checks and negotiating the fees. So there's a lot of money put into this first team and into this squad. There's a manager and about 17 coaches who have been brought in to do good things with this group of players. So, yeah. You can question the lack of an overall plan, the fact that we chop and change between managerial styles, the fact that we didn't back the one guy who actually deserved to be backed. Mm. And you can, there's a lot of mud throughout the board. But ultimately, I'm not quite sure what more on the investment side we could have asked of them. What yeah. we could have asked for them is a more consistent and a more thought out plan. But I think Dave and I had this discussion quite recently off recording. The plan always gets ripped up the second it fails anyway. What club hmm. actually sticks to the plan 
when it fails. Usually the manager goes and the sporting director that hired that manager goes with him. The only team that seems to keep reinventing themselves well over and over again is Brighton at a much lower level than we're doing. In fact, Brighton Mm -hmm. are kind of what we were doing, what we were doing at the beginning of this century in a way. But the reason Brighton haven't had to rip up the book is because the reason they keep having to change manager is because the managers keep doing well. So yeah, so they're not big enough to keep them yet. The irony being that the man running the ship at Brighton is one of our ex-boys, Barber. So that, mm. that's even more galling. So I just, I just think that it, it's very simplistic to say get rid of Enoch, bring in someone who's going to throw money at the situation, and all will be good. It, it's there's so much more yeah. to it than that, and. I think that's why I'm as ambivalent as I am because I would have much preferred Spurs to be successful for Enoch way. You just want someone to blame as a fan when things aren't going well, don't you? And the grass is always greener on the other side. So I'm not saying the Enoch out band are categorically wrong, but I understand why it's a tempting thing to get on top of. And Eddie, I'm inclined to agree with you as usual. I think your sentiments echo mine quite well. Right. You do have a challenge for us today, don't you, Eddie? So we'll come on to that in just a moment. Can't wait for that. Hopefully it cheers us all up. While we're here, please do follow us on Twitter because our Twitter is great. We are at Plus Dave Podcast. I'm at Plus Dave Dags. Dave is at Fantasy Dave and Elio is at Elio underscore P underscore THFC. Are you going to shorten that at any point, Elio, so that I don't have to read those underscores out each time? Because it's, it's a bit of a mouthful. It's, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, does it? What about at Rage Elio? I'm, I'm thinking of how I can lengthen it. <laughs> at Elio underscore hate underscore Antonio underscore Conte. Underscore underscore (laughs) underscore not just a underscore but an underscore state of mind underscore and with that Dave's had too much wine I thought that was quite funny (laughs) that's exactly my point Dave yeah but yeah follow all of us on Twitter we like to rant and rave on there and occasionally post some interesting stuff I'm getting a few more followers myself at the moment you can get some gems on Twitter such as Elio embarrassed by a decimated patched together Sheffield United side this is up there with Colchester more I see the Kane goal from today, the more impressed I am by the finish. As ever, he makes the goal look far easier than it actually is. So it's not all doom and gloom. He's up and down. You know, some some of it's good, some of it's not so happy. Some might say that was uh, reflective of the club, I suppose. Yeah, that is very sort of up and down, up and down moods, isn't it? But yeah, follow us on Twitter. And while I'm on Twitter as well, you might know from previous podcasts or from our Twitter that we also have a blog, which is at plusdave.wordpress.com. So please go to that and uh, have a look at some articles that we posted on there. The latest of which is an article that was spun out of a monologue I attempted in our last episode, which you didn't get to hear because I cut the entire thing. Uh, about halfway through, Elio started snoring and I thought it was probably best to take a different approach so instead i used it as inspiration to write a little piece about the history of spurs tactics going from the 20s and the 50s and the 60s and the great spurs teams of yesteryear back when we cared about the fa cup and how one domino followed another to eventually influence total football and hence pep guardiola it has got some good feedback so far from the three of you who've read it so thank you to you you know who you are i'm going to check that out if you've got 10 minutes and it would be greatly appreciated by me right guys uh, anything to add before we head on into Challenge Elio to round things off. I quite like it when we... When, we... We... 
I can't like it when, Spurs we. I can't like it when you guys don't win because we don't really have to go into too much detail and I can <laughs> I can kind of gloss over the fact that I haven't paid any attention to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that earlier. That's probably the least actual analysis we've ever done. I don't know if it's got anything to do with the fact I that... I wrote some things down. At least two of us are drinking. I did write some things hey, down. You're, surely you're drinking. So we, 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 need to, we need to step aside. I think next week we need to be a bit more professional because we're letting ourselves slip, just like Spurs. No? No, Dave, you're, you're for the, the pub <laughs> sounds vibes. Like, sounds like a lot of effort. It, it does, doesn't it? It does. Um, anyway, I think that's time for Challenge Elio. Elio, you have the floor. So we are, of course, about to play against AC Milan. Hopefully we'll win. There are a few links historically between Spurs and AC Milan. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to ask you to guess collectively, this isn't up against each other, who, yep. these, who these men are. What I will say is that to the best of my ability, because it's close in some cases... I am going to try and, and I'm going off of wiki massively here, apologies, but I'm going to read aspects of that player's career from the club he was less well known for being with each time and uh, okay. see see if you can guess who it was. If you don't from that, then I'll talk about that player's time with us and I'm going to do my best not to accidentally say anything that's a dead giveaway like <laughs> Italy or the Duomo or... Chicking on Tottenham High Road. <laughs> I would say you said that. I was going to say you're giving us too much credit, Elio, because uh, yeah, I think we need all the help we can get. Just, <laughs> dead giveaway to you will probably be what is needed for us to get it. But yeah, I don't understand the word you just said. You've got okay. a drunk Dave and a half asleep me, so good luck. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> So this player played for both clubs. I'm going to read a few. Oh, so. I'm getting off to really, really bad starts here because <laughs> actually this player... Oh, no, no, it, it actually... Okay, good. This, this me reminds over. me of when I used to do a challenge earlier. Cut that out. Stage you can cut that out. Can so, I? Oh, okay. Kurichini made... Oh, for f- <laughs> can, can I have a guess? <laughs> that, is, that I would not be cutting out. Can I have out. a guess? <laughs> Go on, Dave. <laughs> is it um, Charles and Sophia? <laughs> well, so what was that about dead giveaways? <laughs> wow, I'm not even drinking. <laughs> You're not drinking. This is the bad thing. Um, well, wow. that right, that let's try again. Take two. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us anything about Cudicini? I will tell you. He only made two appearances for Milan in the Champions League. One in the Italia oh. and none in Serie A. It's where he started but, yeah. his career with his I can safely club. say that would not have helped. I would not have got it from Move that along. or probably any clues. Next one. Right. We're down to <laughs> Don't say players. the name. Let me try and do that for this time. <laughs> um, right. Uh, this one's closest to what he's better known as. I guess it depends on the age of the person, but let me give it a go. This person spent two seasons playing for this club, scoring 12 goals in 52 games. This was the 81-82 season in that country's top division. I knew you were going to say this guy. The 82-83 season in that country's second division. Joe Jordan. It is Joe Jordan. Joe Jordan. As soon as we started talking about AC Milan, I thought, he's going to talk about Joe Jordan. Of course, what? and he what? had uh, he had a little bit of um, more recent history. It's, it's more recent history with AC Milan, didn't he? With his little square off with Gattuso. So, 
Leeds legend Joe Jordan, even though he went to Manchester United from you. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's one of the few that actually survived that. Okay, he got he's, away still, he's, still, he's still regarded as a bit of a ledge. Mm. Okay, okay. Joe Jordan of Clayland, Scotland. Very well done, Dave. Very good. So, so funny, I knew you were going to talk about him as soon as you said it. As soon as you said AC Milan, I'm becoming predictable. Yeah, exactly. Um, Doesn't help when right. you name the player. <laughs> <laughs> so. This player was relatively unremarkable for both clubs, so I'm going to go with who Danny he Rowe. appeared fewer times for. Yeah, Danny never got that move, did he? I should have included no. him in just the <laughs> yeah, In his mind, he went to AC Milan. <laughs> so, on the 17th August 2010, this player transferred to this team on a three-year contract and... <laughs> The deal was part of a slightly convoluted loan deal Mm -hmm. before signing permanently a year later on another deal, a four-year deal. He debuted as a half-time sub in a game where they were 3-0 down at half-time but went on to win 4-3. He became only the second player in the history of that league to score a hat-trick after coming on as a substitute. So this was his permanent debut, not his loan debut. The hat-trick was the fastest in that league since, well, another player who I won't mention, um, did it (laughs) 10 years previously. (laughs) Well, no, you were very careful with that. I could hear it in your voice. This player Um, also scored the opening goal for uh, this club against (laughs) Barcelona in a Champions League tie once upon a time um, which his team went on to win so careful eh? this man may or may not have at one time or another have I given you anything there no I think the only person who would get that is Elio you're the only person who would get that the the hat trick so that wouldn't have been surely that's not for us that would have been for them because I I feel like that's something we'd remember Uh, or at least I should (laughs) there are lots of things I should remember that I don't Dave do you have anything because I'm wildly lost well, let me give you a few other clubs that this person has played for. Mm. Um, so this player has also, as well as having played all these games for that club and a few for us, he's also played for Hertha Berlin. He's played for Portsmouth. He's played for Sassuolo and briefly for Barcelona as well. And he's currently back at Hertha Berlin where he began his career. <sighs> It's the prince, isn't it? It is the prince. Kevin, Kevin prince, prince Boateng. Boateng. Good, good, good one. Do you know one. the only reason I got that is because he was in your FIFA team and you sent me a screenshot. <laughs> That's the only reason I remembered him. I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. If you get a moment, go on YouTube and find his video of him dancing Michael Jackson to a packed San Siro. It is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's almost as good as NASA Chadley's chant. Who's next, Elio? So, this player, like Cudicini, has also represented Chelsea as well as us and Milan. Hmm. In his time in Italy, he scored nine league goals. He did win trophies for Spurs. Trophies? Trophies. He played several times for his nation. It was Jimmy Greaves. Jimmy Greaves. I was, I was like, I, I was about to say it's a joke while we're going back to the sixties, and I was like, hang on a minute, he said we can't go back to the sixties. Yeah, he is the sixties. Yeah. Once upon a time, an English record transfer at how much, Dagus? Oh, I always get this wrong. Was it four pound fifty? Was it nine? No, it was it was one pound short of a mark. Was it nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine? 
Not quite. Or was it a tenth of that? Was it 99,999? Yeah, it was 99, Yeah. Which is bizarre. I never understood that. I think I heard something like he didn't want the pressure of being the first £100,000 It wasn't him that didn't or... want the pressure. It was that Bill Nicholson didn't want to give him too inflated an ego, basically. Well, who am I to argue with Bill Nicholson or the results? Sounds like oh. they did a good thing. Absolutely. Bill Nicholson, who features on my article, by the way. Go check it out. Just going to keep <laughs> plugging my article at every opportunity. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Who's next? So... This player made his debut for Spurs. <laughs> his debut for who? For Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Fine. This player made his yeah. debut I for Spurs. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. This player made his debut for Spurs, coming off the bench and winning a free kick from which we scored to win a match that we had been losing for the entirety. And that was the equaliser, actually. The winner came later. He played for Milan twice as many league appearances as he made for us. He originally signed for us from a French side. He has also appeared for QPR, Mm. Benfica, and Fulham, and is now currently playing his trade uh, in Dubai. Go on. Is it Adel Tarabd? It is Adel Tarabd. He was a... He could have been a hell of a player, couldn't he? He he was so, so talented. One of the most naturally talented footballers I've ever seen. But mm. the guy just didn't want to put a shift in yeah. at all. And when Harry Redknapp is not going to indulge a precocious talent, you know there's something wrong yeah. with the guy. If you're playing him on Football Manager, he's the Trek Artista, I think. It's the only way you play him. <laughs> Or uh, so, what's the other one? Engonch. So I've given you a mix here. On, of, on the bench. <laughs> on given you, I've given you a mix here of fairly celebrated players and a couple lesser. And And, and, Delta Rapt. <laughs> and the Prince, and the Prince. But once again, he played for Barcelona too, so he was doing something right. This player... <sighs> so did Paulinho. Sorry. Came oh. through the legendary Champions League winning 90s Ajax side. Edgar Davids. Got it. It yeah. was Edgar Davids. Yeah. I was too polite there. I should have just said it. Well done, Dave. Thanks, man. Is that the last one of you? <laughs> That's the real it, cool. is not, it is not the last one. Oh, I had a really good segue if it was. But go on then. Ruin the podcast. I will absolutely <laughs> ruin the podcast. Um, this player began his career in Germany. He won titles in Germany at the beginning and middle of the 90s. I think I've got it. Go on. Is it Jürgen Klinsmann? No, it is isn't. Played he played for, he well, played in for that Inter case, Milan. I think I've got it. Go on. <laughs> come on, Dave. No, no, come on, Dave. The other, the other German that played for Spurs. Zieger. Yeah. It was Christian Zieger. It's three Germans. <laughs> Zieger, Freund, Klinsmann, and Lewis Holby, if you count him. Well, there there he, was, he was my next guess, but he said 90s. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Not the best challenge earlier this week. Sorry, guys. No, that was fine. That was fine. I think I won, though, so it's fine. And I was going to say, just a moment ago, that Edgar Davidge takes me very nicely into my last little mini feature just to close out the episode that I thought you guys might appreciate. And it is, in fact, in Plus Dave tradition, a team of Daves that I saw posted online the other day that I thought would be nice to just read out and give you a chance to guess. I'm not going to give you big clues like Elio just did and make it a whole thing, but any guesses at who's in goal for Team Dave? 
Well, it depends, it depends, it depends it's if we're not talking about now or it's, it's, no, it's, it's all time. I think it's Premier League or I think it's just maybe it's just a Premier League one yeah it, there's a few Spurs and a few Leeds references in here as well I'll just go through it so Who's David De Gea David and just go- to clarify oh, for Premier wait. League it should be David Seaman yeah why is De Gea ahead of you Seaman would, you would think so you think so but they've gone what? they've gone with David De Gea but they have mentioned wait, an honourable mention David- of Seaman and James and Besant all having honourable shouts so there's a lot of good Daves in the I mean, team. I mean, would have been a fair shout in the Premier League. Wow. Is you know. Dave Batty in there by any chance? Could that be? Don't spoil it, Elio. Don't jump ahead. There are lots of Daves in here. There are, there are 11 Daves in here. Uh, okay, and the next well, one is David Bardsley at right hey, back. Say, say, say a position. Let's see if we are can, you gonna try, we can okay. come up with it. Well, I've just right, given you the right back, Bardsley. which is a bit of a... Yeah, Dave Bardsley, who, who narrowly fought off... He narrowly fought off David Zabacosta. He was QPR, apparently. <laughs> no, sure, he should have. Yeah, QPR like. legend, according to this. Uh, okay, who are the centre-backs? I'll give you a clue. One of them is definitely a Leeds... Well, he's more of a legend for another club, but he's definitely uh, someone I associate heavily with Leeds. Really? Yeah. A centre-back? Apparently. David I don't Weatherall? know if he played elsewhere. No. David uh, May? No, he's more of an Arsenal legend. David O'Leary. David yeah, he was awesome. I mean, he played like three games for us. <laughs> well, there you go. But fair enough, um, he did manage. And the other centre back? The other centre back? Uh, Once again, David, mate? No. Think outside the box on pronunciations of David. It's a David. David centre backs have been, that would have been better than May. Although he was very good, but. David May right. was very good. David May, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's. Glad to tell you, because this, this is dragging. It was David Louise. Who uh, I don't know if this is the best oh, team, wow. by the way. I don't know who decided this or what the criteria was, but it's just a team of, of days. I mean, Who's the left back? If we've got De Gea ahead of Seaman, clearly a child. Yeah, there's some recency bias <laughs> going on around here. <laughs> yeah, there might be. There might be. The left back is someone um, who I had down as more of a centre-back, but he took a mean free kick. David Unsworth. If I remember correctly. Yes, David Unsworth in left back I don't know about the free kicks I know he took penalties Elio you've already named one of the centre midfielders who again is another lovely Leeds link David Batty who's the other centre midfielder Dave mentioned him in the last episode when we were talking about John Motson Platt David Platt okay Good child. There we go. I'm Who's assuming right David. You David should get Ginola. this one. Ginola. Yeah, David, David Ginola is left wing who's right wing David Beckham very good and we have an attacking midfielder as well. I'm not sure what formation's happening here. I don't know if I've missed one. Four four. But yeah, one, we've got. One. It seems that way. Yeah, we've got an attacking midfielder, and once again, it's a David rather than a David. I'm not sure. I can't think. Very good midfielder. Played for about ten years for one team in the Premier League. Won a load of trophies. Man City. Silver. Oh, David Silver. David Silver. David Silver. Ten, maybe not quite ten years. But Technically, David um, Silver's his surname, isn't it? Is it? Well, <laughs> I, I, don't know how, I don't know how strict they were at the criteria. <laughs> I, I'd here. say we move on. Um, I'm surprised Edgar Davids wasn't in there, to be honest. Uh, and uh, finally, this one's a little bit tricky. Dave Kitson? No, but good shout. Former Sheffield Wednesday striker. I know David is his first name. David Hosuechimina Silver. I was about to say another Dave, another Dave, but he didn't play for Sheffield Wednesday. Who the f*** remembers who played for Sheffield Wednesday other than <laughs> Chris Wallace? It was David Hurst. Very good. Yeah, it was David Hurst. So there you go. That's your team of Daves. I thought I would round up with that. Well, your challenge earlier was better than mine. I reckon mine. we can do better than that, to be honest. Let's do a team of Daves. I'll tell you what, let's do one. Spurs and Leeds players. 
Let's not do it now now. because uh, this has gone on long (laughs) enough. But let's conspire to create a team of Daves and post it on Twitter for all of our adoring followers to marvel over in the coming days. And also check out my article. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I've written an article. It's uh, it's really long and pretentious. Do you want to hear more, Dave? Have you (laughs) ever read? You haven't read it, have you? I mean, I can forgive you. Top to bottom, I can forgive you for not reading it. And I loved it. You liar. Yeah, the the chat about inverting the pyramid was really great. <laughs> that is a book that I've referenced in my article, <laughs> to be fair. So, uh, yeah, very good. Right, well, we're getting wildly off topic and we're starting to stall, so we'll probably round it up there. But thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. And if this is your first episode, if this is the first time you've tuned into the Plus Day podcast, we're usually better. <laughs> we, we could do better than this. Like I feel Spurs. like this was- I thought like we were all kind of half asleep. This was a bit like Spurs defense for the last few weeks, but we will be back stronger next week to steal a phrase from the Peter Crouch podcast. Uh, and I hope you will join us for that. And we will be talking about two games we previewed this week, the Milan game, the Forest game. Hopefully we'll be talking about Spurs chances in the Champions League. All right, shut up and wrap and it up. Hopefully... <laughs> if, if you're new, Elio is always this much of a dick to me. That's not special to this episode. And hopefully we'll be Forest. Hopefully everything will be okay again and we'll be stupid believing in Spurs and falling for the trap all over again. But until then, you stay classy, Spurs fans, and we'll see you next week.